This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Hello folks and welcome to episode number 25 of the podcast of the How You Go Mate podcast. Adam is my name. Uh, I guess 25 makes it a bit of a uh, a bit of a milestone, quarter of a century. Um, we've had we've had some pretty fantastic uh, responses to our podcast so far. I mean, just in general, we've had uh, nearly six thousand two hundred listens, um, which is incredible. Uh, Blake and Simon's episode from a couple of weeks ago is about to go to eight hundred listens. We'll probably do that in the next week or so, and we've got a, a half a dozen episodes that have got more than three, four, five hundred listens, uh, including. Uh, a couple of Nath's episodes have had great responses. Um, Laura and Travis, their episodes have both had exceptional responses. Uh, one of the last catch-ups we did, that had over 400 listens. So we're really loving um, the fact that people are, are listening to this podcast. I love that it's been listened to 6,000 times. Uh, we want to try and spread this message and continue to spread this message. And of course, in the in the current climate, we think the message is really important, you know, ask people how they are, check in on people, um, and start talking, start talking to each other. Even even I sort of realised the importance of that this week in terms of uh, talking to the people that care about me and about my mental health. So, um, you know, we, we want to have these conversations, we want these conversations to be really open and honest, and uh, we would love for you guys to just share this. As I always say, you can listen on all the major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, most of the, the good podcasting apps, Overcast and and things like that, CastBox. So uh, please share it. Uh, if you like what you hear, let people know that, that we're out here and we're, we're trying to, um, to share this message of good mental health and wellness. Uh, this week's episode is one that we recorded probably about nearly, probably six weeks ago now, two months ago, perhaps. Uh, it is with a, a fellow that I used to work with named Ben, and um, Ben is uh, has his whole whole life has his has his whole life been involved with uh, athletics, um, both as a competitor and now as a coach. And he coaches young people. And uh, he approached me a little while back, and his his wife is actually a, um, an, a an elite competitor. I won't mention who or what she did um, at this stage because I'm sort of. Yeah, hoping uh, we, we we might actually be able to get her to come onto the cast at some point. But uh, so uh, what we sort of explored a little bit was um, young people and their mental health, and and in and looking at and this this podcast actually I, I really like this one because this one looks at um, the the kind of the pressure of competition and the comp- pressure to be better, and um and I think there's a lot of parallels in sort of athletics and life in terms of that need to be better or that need to perform at a high level and then the, the desire to improve 
And uh, we talk a little bit about the desire to improve and the desire to, you know, get better at a certain task. And, and you know, Ben talks about how he talks to his athletes about making small incremental changes, small in- incremental improvements, you know. Uh, for example, if you're, you're jumping in a long jump, you know, if, you, if your best jump is five metres, then if your next best jump is five metres and five centimetres, then that's great. You know, don't aim for six metres. Aim for five metres and ten centimetres, 20 centimetres, 30 centimetres. Just get better and better little bit by little bit each time. And then eventually, one day you'll jump and you'll jump six six metres, you know, and that will be how it is. Um, and, I, and I think that's a really uh, strong message in the wellness world. Um, often we, we sit there and we look at, particularly when we're not feeling well um, and we're, our mental health isn't good, we look at the, the pathway to wellness and we look at um, perhaps, you know, and people have different responses you know, different um, ideas around recovery. Some people think of it as a journey. Some think of it as a destination. Uh, but, you know, for people that are looking to get to a certain point in their recovery journey, so often that point can look far away. And we want to kind of guess, um, say to people that, you know, it's the incremental changes. It's the small goals that you set and achieve for yourself that ultimately over the course of time lead to you making a really significant change in your life and, and looking back in 12 or 18 months or two years time and saying well actually that that change is pretty significant um, probably much like the weight loss journey as well you know I've got to lose 40 kilos but you know how am I, I'm not going to do that all at once and it's going to take me you know 18 months to do it but if I lose a half a kilo a week a kilo a week those small incremental shifts will ultimately lead to a big goal in 18 months time I'll go wow look at me I'm 40 kilos lighter so um, like I said, really important message. We wanted to try and get away from um, having too many. We've had a few podcasts in a row that have been concerned with coronavirus. Uh, we hope that you you guys are all um, well out there. Uh, it's had varying levels of effect on me, If I'm and, I, and I've been quite open about that on some of my chats and some of my uh, social media videos. Um, we also are, are on Facebook and Instagram if you've listened uh, jump onto the Facebook pages and have a look at those as well. We try and put just some really positive um, messaging up there around you know looking after your mental health and looking after your wellness. So have a look at that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your support. Um, thank you if you've given us a review. Thank you if you please share our page. Let people know we're out there. We love to hear great feedback. So please you know if you feel the, the need to message us and let us know what you think, that'd be fantastic as well. But in the meantime, uh, I'm going to stop talking and I'm just going to let this, I'm just going to introduce this one. This is my very good friend, Ben, um, and we had this really fantastic chat about young people and and young athletes and their mental health. And uh, I think, as I said, there's a lot of parallels. So without further ado, let's ask that question. Ben, how you going, mate? Yeah. <laughs> exhausted, buddy. Exhausted, mate. Exhausted. Yeah. Why are you exhausted, mate? Uh, I've just come off a, a championships for uh, track and field that I coach. Yep. Uh, normally, it's a two-day event. Uh, apparently, it rained in Sydney last week. Smashed. Um, got smashed. About four thousand milliliters of water yep. in in a day. Uh, meant the carnival got canned. Uh, got postponed to. Uh, this weekend. Um, so yeah, it's almost been like a like a nine day hiatus uh, for a three day carnival. So you don't really get to wind down because you got to make sure, you know, you 
your, your athletes in the right space. Yeah, I was going to say, does that affect, um, I, I guess, the preparation? Like you're geared up physically and mentally to perform at this point and then you pause for a week? Does that... Uh, do they it, lose condition? What do you? How do you manage that? Uh, well, it doesn't normally happen, so it's a yeah. it's a rarity for yeah, yeah. for us. Uh, for the guys that were involved, they range from the ages of eight through to seventeen. Yeah. Um, so for them, it's 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 probably uh, doesn't bother them too much, especially the younger guys. Because yeah. for them, it's just a comp and let's go have a run. And the you know there's things on the line. There's uh, state champ qualifiers involved, but yeah. um, yeah, for the most part, it means they're not not having to swim the hundred meters now for guys that can run well. So yeah, um, yeah, it just move forward, and we, you know, we had a really good dry day. Uh, weather was uh, more preferred; it wasn't wet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's it. We, we finished that yesterday, and uh, yeah, can wind down for a bit. For me, though, I still keep going. We've got our junior, national, our junior state champs this weekend, and then we'll go to a multi-champs the weekend after. Uh, Mid-March, we'll go state champs. Um, yeah, and then I've got some Masters athletes as well, so for people that are 30 or older, they're not old. Is it, th- is it 30 now? 30 and older, mate. I thought it was 30 35. Mate, I thought Masters was 35. It's all about bums on seats, buddy. All 30. right. It's about getting uh, parents... With their kids, right? Yeah, hey, okay, okay. You know the the seven year old reckons he can do it better than now. But you're talking smack to say that, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can still beat them, and this is how it's done. Uh, put your money where your mouth is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go challenge your seven year old. Yeah. I can guarantee they might beat you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 interesting as well. Um, I think you see something similar in martial arts world, where you have a kids class and an adults class one after the other. And often the kids will start the class and then mum and dad end up in their next class afterwards um, because, yeah, like, why let your kid do it? Like, you know, at some point your kid's going to be able to, like, fold you into a pretzel. <laughs> you better learn how to counteract that. <laughs> very much so, mate, very much so. But, but it, I guess it's good participation and you get the whole family involved and, 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 and perhaps it even guarantees a higher buy-in because you know mum and dad now have to get you like you know maybe mum and dad go oh you're not doing this anymore because it's just too much hard work or you can't go this weekend because it's whatever whereas mum and dad are now invested in it so they're now going well we've got to go because i've got to compete as you're going we've all got to compete we have to be there is that the mindset or is it just like yeah it is the mindset i think the uh the for, for the masters athletes that i have um they wanted to get back into it because it was something for them. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't uh, about trying to relive glory days. It was, you know, I, I could do this then and my kids are involved now or my friends uh, are involved or still involved. Um, I want to be able to catch up with them and not just sit on the sideline in the grandstand yeah. holding up placards saying, you know, we love you. Uh, they can be out there and, and actually say that in the competition arena and put them off. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it's, it's becomes, uh, inclusive. So it, yeah. it just allows people to get in and have a chat and, um, it allows the, the, the understanding holistically from both 
parents and kids, you know, the kids go, how come that adult was struggling with that? And you can explain to them why. But at the same time, you can use some kid analogies to, to the parents and adults to be able to go, just don't overthink it. Like, if your kid's doing it, yeah, yeah. you can do it. Don't, don't think of, you. don't try and be picture perfect. Just give it a go to start with, because that's what kids do best. And I think, going back to what we, at the very start of the discussion, I'd imagine that eight-year-old, he gets pushed back a week, he just turns up and runs. He does. He, he uh, doesn't necessarily. He, he's, he's not worried about his taper or his anything nah, else. No, look, the, the eight-year-old's upset because uh, I've got to wait a week for a run. Yeah. Um, and the adults go, well, I'm glad I get another week to to prepare, but really it's yeah. just another week to overthink. I'm just delaying the inevitable, <laughs> delaying the pain and the yeah. turmoil. So to, to explain a little bit more probably about probably a month ago, six weeks ago now, you messaged and you said, be really interested to explore um, athletes and mental health, young athletes particularly, because that's your... Yeah, 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 yeah. But athletes and mental health, and and we were talking off here and I said, you know, the mistake that people make go, and they say, oh, this would be a really interesting topic, and I go, yeah, cool, when you want to record. So if you're, if you're yeah. my friend out there and you've got an idea for a show, if you tell me, I'm going to ask you to record that idea. And yeah. So be prepared, you're going to have to hear yeah. your voice. Yeah, but I... give us a, so I think we've got the gist of what you do. You, Track and field athletes, yeah, mate, yeah. Purely tr- running, or nah, is it is it the whole buddy, kit and everything, buddy? So I, okay. uh, I, uh, I would say that I coach uh, the sport of athletics. Yep. Um, I prefer uh, long jump. It's it's a bit of fun. Um, had varying success with working with some really talented people. Um, yeah, I I like a sport, so I want to be able to have a bit of knowledge uh, across the board. Uh, I used to be a decathlete, so okay. Um, why why be great at one when you can suck at ten? <laughs> um, so so mate, yeah, it's uh, so I have I have a bit of knowledge across. And decathlon uh, is this every basically every discipline in the track and field. Yeah, isn't so it? yeah, a decathlon. Except for, is it, it's not high, it's not vault, is it? Yeah, it's we get vault, man. Pole vault. That, that's that's event eight day two, oh, man. Wow. Yeah, just to test you out when you're really struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a decathlon is run over two days. Yeah. Uh, women do a heptathlon, so that's seven events yeah, yeah. over two days. But for my, for me, we were, we'd run 100 metres. I'm trying so to think, what was her name? Jane, Jane, Jane. Jane Jamison? No, the... Oh, no, um, uh, Jane Fleming. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, just couldn't think of that. Relive the glory days. <laughs> 91, 92, something that they would, we, I think. We won't comment, but yeah, yeah, back. Back in the early 90s, uh, I know someone uh, that uh, had a photo with, with uh, young Jane back oh, in the day. Oh. Um, yeah. Now, jealous then. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, the decathlon, two days. Two days. Ten events. Ten what events. are they? So, we go day one, you wake up and broad eye bushy tailed. Yep. You run 100. Yep. Uh, drift over to long jump. Yep. A uh, little bit of shot put. Yep. A bit of high jump. Yep. And a 400 just to round out a nice easy day of day yeah, one. It's only a 500 meter. Um, you will probably, well, let's rephrase this. The good guys will probably go and do their ice baths and stuff. Yeah. Um, the non-elite athlete in myself was uh, doing two meat pies, bread roll, can of coke. That was to refuel. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, then go to sleep, wake up. Uh, the good guys, once again. 
feel really good and refreshed. <laughs> uh, I'm moving like a piece of cardboard. Um, and then we go out and run 110 meter hurdles. Yep. Uh, drift over the discus cage and have a chuck there. Yep. Uh, then go and do a bit of pole vault. Yep. Um, over to the jav, chuck a spear. Yep. And then just because the multis are, uh, you know, speed and power events, let's chuck in a 1500 for good measure just to see who's got the best stamina out of everyone. Wow. And, um, yeah, that's, that, that's a multi. Um, yeah, it's, it's forgiving, but it's not forgiving. Uh, mm-hmm. in what I mean by that is, um, if you, if you're having a bad day and you don't quite hit your targets that you're aiming for, um, the event's not finished. So even if you have a shocker, yeah. uh, and foul out or not get a hide or something, yeah. you can still go to the next event cause you've turned up to the start line and tried yeah. to execute something. Yeah. Whereas an individual event, a lot more pressure. If you miss it, it's all over. But if you um, bomb out of a couple of events early... Oh, so your, poten- point, your point score clearly suffers. So potentially you are then just competing for the Making sake Making up the numbers. But for sometimes it's not just about... Like if I bomb out in one event and that's yeah. the one event that I score really well in, um, yeah, you, you're pretty much just making up the numbers for that, for that event now. But sometimes it's good just to go through the process and still yeah. work on those other events that you're, you're following into, ones that aren't your strength. Yeah. Really try and execute a score. You're yeah. still chasing a PB, whether it's a points PB, um, a, an actual personal best, a distance yeah. or time you've never done before. Um, there's still, like, there's a day one PB score, a day two PB score, and a total points PB score. So yeah. there's lots of things to keep our minds active. So I was going to say, it becomes like a just um, sort of like an opposed rung in rugby. You, you, it doesn't really mean anything, but it gives you the opportunity to perform in a reasonably high-pressure situation, yeah, like a, yeah. a so realistic situation. Well, yeah, and if real- you have a shocker in, in, you know, your high jump and you get no height in there or you botch you long. Yeah. Um, it, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a long two days to still get through. Yeah. But, um, you know... Let's just hope that uh, the rest of the field has a shocker too, and it all evens itself out in the end. I, I want to. I, I just I've, in my head what I've got is like so, you know, the the guy that gets to sort of event eight slash nine can't win, isn't going to win. No manner of miracle is going to put them in first position or even third position. So they get to the fifteen hundred meters and just go, you know what? I'm, no. I'm not going to win. I'm just not going to do this. Yeah, it just doesn't. The multi guys are pretty, pretty, uh, pretty strong and uh, uh, determined people. So even if we're in that point where we know we're not meddling, uh, we know we're nowhere near yeah, our school. Yeah. Um, that last event, we're going hell for leather to still try and achieve something for two days. And you might be a killer 1500 meter runner, so you just smash that one, you win it, and you feel Yeah, and that can be. They, yeah. they, you know, there are guys that have really, really strong sequence of events. Yeah. Uh, the, the day two, last three events for us was pole vault, javelin, 1500. So, you know, your half decent vaulter goes into an okay jab thrower, goes into a solid sub 430, 1500. Uh, with some nice points there, you're gonna yeah. gonna score well. So, yeah. um, you just hope you've done enough work to to get you there. Interest. The thing that interests me about that is so mentally, how do you prepare for a, an event 
or two days like that versus, say, a person that just does shot put or just does long jump? Like, is there is it a completely different mental preparation? Is it the same mental preparation? It'd be different in the sense that uh, you know you've got other events to focus on, but for each event you do, you you are no different to the individual guy. For us multi-guys, we only get three attempts. So in our shot put, we only get three throws. It's not like, and the best best eight get an extra three throws to see if they yeah, go yeah. any better. Yeah, 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 You need to execute in three attempts. Uh, so uh, from, a, from a how do you prepare mentally, I guess yeah, you, you want to make sure you've got... Uh, the right coach or coaches you want to make sure you've got the right right team around you and whether that be a, from a team aspect you just you're looking at uh you know uh parents partners boyfriend girlfriend um you know whether you're looking at you know physio strength conditioning yeah. there's, there's lots of things that that go into making uh the good athletes but yeah. there's also a lot of things that go into just creating an athlete yeah. and um, sometimes we get too sidetracked in trying to get the picture perfect team and we forget about the goal and the goal is to execute a score yeah. give us something to work with first and then yeah. and then roll from there yeah um, the the team that you have is there been like we talked about say Jane Fleming yep and and I think, and I suspect a lot of athletes do this now anyway. I don't think there'd be too many really, truly professional athletes. But has it changed from, you know, say 30 years ago? In what I would call, I, I would say to you, I think the 90s was the glory of Australian sport. You know, we had a rugby team that was fantastic. We had a cricket team that was the best in the world. We had Olympians that were winning and being very competitive. We were smashing Commonwealth Games as... Um, is it how is it different now? Was is it better for those people that were part time athletes and and part time workers? Is it mentally is it better to be fully focused on what you're doing? Like is it is it is it easier to just focus on being an athlete and have no other distractions, or should you have something outside and 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 should that be something that's a part of your regime? Should you have a job? Should you have a life away from athletics? Uh, oh yeah, good question. Um. For for myself, um, yeah, job because I was never that good. But yeah. um, uh, my partner, my wife, she was an elite athlete. Yeah, um, she did live the life of quote unquote a athlete on your on your card when you fly in and yeah. says right occupation. Yeah, yeah. Her occupation was athlete. Yeah. Um, look, I've. I've probably seen both sides of it. I've probably seen the side where she was a full-time athlete and then she also was, uh, you know, like the common folk. She worked Mm. a full-time job. She trained around it and still represented Australia. Again, um, I think she found it easier mentally Mm. having a job in the sense that... um, the job kept her grounded mm-hmm. and and 
work was important as well as training. But it was like a released valve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you weren't overthinking. You weren't having to have stresses of, oh, I've got to get this comp right to qualify for this championships mm. because if I don't go any good in this, mate, then how am I going to pay that bill? Mm. That's the one thing a lot of people forget is uh, in track and field, um, especially here in Oz, we aren't... Uh, we don't have an abundance of money. No. We, there isn't... We don't have... You'd have you know, to go to like Europe don't or somewhere big, and compete. Yeah, we don't have big you? sponsors sort no. of going, right, yeah, there's, there's this much money on the line if you win the national title today. Or, you know, when it, you, know you can get this sponsorship that's going to cover, cover this. So, yeah. you know, uh, most guys in Australia uh, and girls, uh, you know, if they're being... If they're trying to, to live the life of a full-time athlete, then... Um, they've either got some really good uh, support people around them, you know, mums, dads, uh, you know, people sort of giving them some form of money to be able to pay things like a phone bill. Mm. We all have a phone these days. Yeah. Um, last I checked with some of my athletes, the younger guys, you know, the 12, the 13-year-olds, they've got a phone. Yeah. Better than mine, but that's okay. <laughs> they can show me how to use it, but... <laughs> They, uh, you know, someone's got to pay that bill. Yeah. And, and as an elite athlete, you've still got to pay that bill, you know? Yeah. People are going to give you money, but it's, they're not giving you money because they like you. They're giving you money because they want a, an outcome achieved yeah, yeah, yeah. for what they're giving you. So, yeah. Uh, I guess back to your question, it's, it, yeah, look, the nineties, look, I was young back then. Uh, I was probably two vintages off you, Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, the 90s were good because I was semi-professional. They still had jobs to go to. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the the world of the professional life now, I think people just forget what's, what's still needed to to let things tick over. And that's yeah, I think an it's, active mind. It's the criticism that's leveled, I guess, it, and probably the most obvious example in the modern world is rugby league and AFL players, where they are full-time professionals now, so there isn't anything away from football and it was really interesting I had this conversation with someone the other day around like if you're going to be a full-time NRL player right that's great but you have to you have to cultivate a part of yourself off the field you have to have something off the field because you're not going to be an an NRL player an AFL player at some point you are not going to continue to play that game at some point you will stop. Now, that might be 22 because you get a career-ending horrific knee injury. That might be 37 because you're, you know, able to push your body to its absolute maximum. But you will have to stop. Not everyone can go into the media. Not everyone can get great sponsorship deals with, you know, whoever. So, you know, at some point you're going to be... And I think we see this. We saw um, a few years ago a fellow named Chad Robinson who um, sadly took his own life, former rooster and Parramatta Eel, Um, you know, taking a player out of the bubble of the athletic experience and bringing him into the real world. I think we're seeing these young... It's the criticism leveled at rugby league and AFL and those full-time sports where they're saying, you've got to be able to transfer across you've got to be able to come back to real life and that's the struggle for a lot of these young guys yeah it is and and, you know i think um you know 2020 uh 
there's a lot of things around that weren't around when I was mm. these kids' ages, you know, uh, social media accounts, and, yeah. you know, access to to things where, you know, we used to, you know, go to a meet, exchange a mobile, I exchange a house number, you know, mm. ring ring this number and, and uh, my mum or dad will answer. Yeah. Uh, tell him, tell him it's for Ben. Hello, ben. Mr. Holstein. Can I speak to Adam, please? Yeah, who's this? What's the nature of your call? Like it's you know that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, so for you with the young athletes that you're looking at uh, yeah, after, it's it's the physical component is obviously super important, and I and I'm with you on that social media element too because you see this group of like it's a really it's a different world. I think the pressures are similar, but I think they're amplified. You know, you can't get away from, like, you, if you're a young person in the modern world, you've got to exist on social media. You just have to. Like, it just is. But, you know, you, for for us, you know, when we were kids, I could go home and and kind of get away from everything if I needed to. You can't do that with social media. Um, The the pressure, the, the pressure to perform, the pressure to be a certain way, the pressure to, and I, you know, is... Everywhere, I've been sort of speaking about this in the last week or so as a big contributor to poor mental health, you know, seeing this person going on overseas holidays on social media and this person doing this fantastic job and this person looking amazing and, and all of their Instagram pics looking these these incredibly fantastic, interesting things where the reality of it is their life probably sucks. They're in a huge amount of debt. Um, they're really insecure and they can't cope with it. For the athletes that you're coaching, how how important is that mental component? How important is for you as a coach to look after, you know, keeping them off social media, keeping them balanced in terms of how they perceive themselves, not comparing themselves to this athlete in this place that ran their personal best better than they did? How hard is that for you as a coach? Um, I'm always mindful of it. Yeah. Um yeah, so obviously with the championships that we I just finished on the weekend, we, you know, I I don't give my guys uh, preconceived numbers, so I don't say, Adam, I want you to jump five meters fifty today in this this comp because yeah. that number is the number we need, and we should get through to state with that. Yeah, um, I sort of just say, go out and do your best, mate. Yeah, um, it'll be what will be. Like, yeah. been training well. Yeah. Let's just go out there and, and see what it is. Uh, all the best training in the world doesn't help with uh, the fight that Adam had with his mum on the way here because yeah. his uniform wasn't put in the washing machine two yeah. days ago and mum's just spent the last you know 15 minutes sort of telling him it wasn't in the bag that it should have been in. One thing leads to another and Adam goes, oh, I just found it. Yeah. Uh, here it is. and. Yeah. You didn't wash it, Mum. Like, you know, I can't control that bit. But um, yeah, I, I'm very mindful of, uh, of, of just the kids uh, as a whole. You know, I, I allow, I allow the team, I allow the network of, you know, the parents and all that. Mm. You know, if they mention things to me, um, you know, you know, Adam's had a rough week at school this week, or yeah. had a rough day at school. That, um, you know week or so later, hey, how's 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 Adam going at school now? Yeah. Things settling down. Um, oh, yeah, he's had a good week this week. Oh, great, cool. Um, I allow them to try and tell me 
tell me that stuff, you know, when the kids go for warm-ups and that. Yeah. That way I sort of know what sort of athlete I'm going to get on the day. Yeah. Um, Can that translate there? Like if that kid's had a bad day at week, bad day, bad week at school, for example. Yeah. Um, but come Saturday morning competition, well, man, I'm in my happy place now. This is where I feel the best. It, can it go the other way? Can it go, Can it be like, uh, can. wow, man, he's had a shit week at school, but God, he just ran a PB. Yeah, so like, um, it could, it could. I've had quite a few guys over my time sort of end up with, you know, runny noses and sniffles and they've been crook the week, so they haven't yeah. turned up to training. And they turn up and run a PB on the weekend. I jokingly yeah. say they need to be sick more often. Yeah. If they're going to run like that, they yeah. can run like that more often. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it can. Um, the same same time, though, you know, the high school kids all have exams. Yep. And I can tell, you know, when exams are on, uh, when, you know, state champs are on for some guys because state champs are in March for us. Um, and the kids are having a shocker. Leading in just because they're so worried about mm. a maths test that's coming up or a science. How do, you, how, do you, how do you balance it? Which one takes precedence? Uh, both. Would you sit there and go, okay, don't compete, focus on school? I try to encourage them to come to training. Okay. Um, just for that physical release stuff? N- no, it gets them away from the books. Okay. If they're so just so, a distraction. It's a distraction. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like mean, a good distraction. They not may a, not yeah. train well. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. they're they're not. They haven't got their head in a textbook for for an hour or forty yeah. minutes or however long they're at training for. Burn off some cortisol. They burn off some adrenaline. They've got the endorphins yeah. flowing. Man, they're, they're out and about. I try and tell mum and dad. You know, dopamine's probably kicked in look, as just, well. Can you look? I know. I know. Study's important. Um, you know, for myself, I would choose the sport over the study option. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, and I, look, I earn a great career now. Everyone that knows you knows that that's a fact. Most definitely. Um, I chose that option because, you know, the academics wasn't my thing. Yeah. In saying that, though, I tell the kids, you don't want to be like me. You don't want to be the guy that's, you know, working really, really hard to earn, earn some money. Yeah. When if you apply yourself a little bit, your job might be a little bit easier and earn really good coin doing what you do yeah. and it's it's not that stressful. So, you know, yes, school is important and I will vouch for school even though I am not a uh, an academic junkie. Um, academics are, are the way things are going now. You've got to be able to, you know, show you can, you know, add and subtract and yeah. do some base, you know, speak to people, you know, all those things pretty that sure, employers look for. Pretty sure for. you can do that, Ben. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Add sometimes. <laughs> Need a calculator. Um, but yeah, you know, and I try to make sure the guys realise that, you know, coming to training is, it can be an outlet, you know, let, let them mm. come here and just not have to worry about the subject for for an hour or so and just, just you know, have a laugh and a giggle and, you know, hang out with the yeah. training buddies and the and you know the team and the the squad that we are because at the end of the day, you know we all ask how did how is how is such and such going how's Ben going, you know with his with his half yearly exams yeah. is he going well? They're not asking because I guess if there's that opportunity as well to sort of go oh you know I'm it's shit I'm doing it tough and the next kid goes I'm doing it tough as well and we've said this a few times on the on the podcast and you know the nature of mental health the nature of 
mental health conditions and mental illness is, no one else understands. It's going to tell you that no one else gets it. It's going to tell you that, you know, you're the only one. This is no one else has ever been through this, felt this, understood, no one understands this. But if you hear, you know, Sally go, oh, yeah, man, I really stuffed my science exam and, God, I just felt shit about it. You go, oh, hang on. I th- you do that too? I thought you had it all together. Man, I, I, I sat at a training camp one, one weekend uh, over in uh, Narrabeen. Uh, oh, I, love, I love that place. That sport, you know what? That sport and rec camp over there, the best meals. Well, it's okay. They made me healthy, but yeah. Well, I'd still pay. You know what I liked about it though? What? Seconds. Because they're, yeah, used, to, call, they're yeah. used to feeding athletes. Yeah. So they're used to kids portion, that are just No gonna, such thing as portion control. Oh, that are just going to absolutely smash. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you're sitting in a training camp. Yeah, you know I'm, I mean? yeah I'm, I'm sitting in a training camp and, uh, you know, I'm getting ready for my HSC back in the day um, and uh, rattling off a PE subject because <laughs> I understood that subject a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And um, doing some, st- some study with... With someone, yes, mum, I did do a little bit of study on that camp. Yeah. And um, they're going, how do you know this? Yeah. And I go, oh, just it's this and that. And we're just bouncing off. And where they were struggling, You're it able- was like almost second nature to me. Yeah, yeah. So they were helping me out with some stuff that I really, really sucked at. Um, in, I, I- in the Ottawa Charter of all aspects of it. And they were trying <laughs> to help me out with that. And I'm like, but that still doesn't make sense. And so they're now explaining... Not the subject to me. They're just trying to explain it in, you know, simple English for me. Yeah. The same way I was answering their questions. Um, and I, you know, I definitely left the table that night going, well, I know something. Yeah. Made me feel a hell of a lot better. Um, so really, this probably goes back a little bit to, um, I guess, the, our, our second ever podcast was, or third ever I always forget I did one to the very start was Craig and we touched on we and I talked about him off air and again he's not com- necessarily competing at an elite level his was just about hanging out with a bunch of his mates and then this the sort of the, the feeling of disconnection that happens once you're no longer part of the group and he's just recently started playing master soccer funnily enough he's over, over 35 um, but and being back in that sort of team environment yeah. it's that it's the I say to people, I think the key to this, and, and I think the one commonality in most mental health conditions and mental illnesses is isolation. Yep. So you either you will either isolate yourself, you become isolated, um, but it's isolation. For that, it's it's then connection. It is then, you know, in a sport that is effectively individual, which you know athletics is for the it, most part. Yeah. Um, you are now connected to a group of people. You have got a support network around you. You've got a group, you know, as you say, you walk away going, hey, I feel better because I've learnt something and that person was able to explain that to me. And here's something I understand really well. I'm able to explain that to them, which in turn makes you kind of feel good. Because yeah. yeah. even though you kind of threw that away a little bit, you went, yeah, because I actually bloody know what I'm talking about with the, you know, just happened, you know. But that's actually your field of expertise. Yeah. You get it because you're passionate about it. You yeah. love it. And it's, it's funny you say, you know, um, you're just saying that uh, the isolation creates, yeah. it's shown that isolation creates the mental, the mental health uh, to become bigger than mm-hmm. sometimes what it is mm-hmm. and that teams and groups of people together work really well. In my time as a coach, I've noticed that the, the kids that perform really well are in age groups. Mm-hmm. 
where they are competitive for all spaces. So they may not necessarily be the kid winning 100 metres every Friday night mm-hmm. or every weekend or winning the state title, mm-hmm. but they are the person who are working really hard to be in the top few, whether it be the 100, mm. the shot put, the long jump, the hammer, whatever. Mm. Um, and when they are becoming good, that they continue to work hard mm. and reset their goals mm. to suit. So mm. I have uh, a bunch of... Uh, 12-year-olds, have a bunch of 10-year-olds, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I had a 18-slash-19-year-old mm. uh, currently in the States studying over there um, and competing you know, mm-hmm. in the college system over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. These guys, their age groups that they roll through are super competitive. When I say super competitive, you... You're not sure who's going to win each time they race. The best part about it, they're so supportive for each one when they do really well, when they do a PB, and yeah. when they do something that they, you know, they haven't done before or gotten done something that you know is like, wow, that's huge! Congratulations! Yeah, and they're super supportive of those other people, whether it be, you know, squad teammates, teammates that they run again regularly, or they only see at state champs. Yeah. Everyone knows each other when it comes to those those meets, yeah. and the, the the top echelon are all pats on the back. Congratulations! That was a great race. That was a great comp. Thanks for making that really yeah. really fun and inviting today. And they go away super pumped, yeah. and that flows on yeah. to the next event they do. Yeah. So it strikes me that um, I, look, I love athletics. I have done for a really really long time. Um, I can still remember. You know, I'm a little bit older than you, so watching the 84 Olympics and watching Carl Lewis and, and not with seeing, you know, drug scandals and all of those yep. sorts of things, but, you know, watching this man who was just sublime and, and such an incredibly talented athlete to be able to combine things like sprinting and long jumping. I think that I feel like they're two very different sort of disciplines mentally and possibly obviously physically, but he did them so beautifully well but it strikes me that say the american system is a lot more cutthroat and it's a lot more competitive there's a lot more ego in that versus say the australian system or my favorite my, fa- my i think in everyone's favorite team the jamaicans that you know that jamaican 400 four by you know 100 meter team is just so successful obviously they've got the best athletes but they seem there seems to be like a really tight knit running community in that in that in those smaller you know like the smaller countries, and the Jamaican guys train together and they know each other and they appear to be friends with each other. They're competing. You know, is it a similar thing? Is it is it that that sense of camaraderie that makes them better athletes, or um, I think or that, does it need to have also the element of like cutthroat competition? Well, it, it's funny. I I had the interpretation mm. and the thought that the American system is is cutthroat. And I think every system That's is probably, cutthroat. It has to be, I think, um, yeah. Since one of my athletes now doesn't train with me, they're, they're onto bigger and better things yeah. um, over in the States at the moment. Um, they, they're showing me through their Instagram posts and, and chatting with their family that although it is cutthroat, although it's, you know, there, there's a process behind it. Yeah. Um, 
the American system doesn't start athletics as young as we do. Yeah. Um, so so maybe we, not we start until, at six. You're not starting until high school or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, they start including it there, so there's a bit more, um, you know, development in the sense of just being able to move and coordinate. Mm. But it also means the focus isn't being fixated at such a young age to mm. perform well. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's it, it's funny. I think it's it's one of those things where, um, when you set a goal, and you say, oh, "I want to do this," if you're not achieving that goal, hmm. you get frustrated. When you get frustrated, you you want to look for reasons why you're not achieving. Hmm. Um, the I think the important thing is sometimes is to look at why we're not achieving. And, you know, it it can be something as simple as how well you're applying yourself. It mm. can be uh, something as simple as, well, perhaps your coach has got you as far as you can mm-hmm. for, the, for their current skill set. Mm. Um, and is that <laughs> – I'd imagine that could be both coach and athlete. So the athlete, you know, you're good, but this is – the upper limit of where you can go or the coach is like you know what I've done as much as I know how to do with you you need to go to yeah, that guy it, now sometimes it's hard because you're not quite sure who's who's there yeah. and, and who's who's got to where obviously uh, the guys that have athletes that have performed at the elite end so whether it's world champs or Olympics yeah. for for the sports that are in the, the Olympic fold yeah. um, one coach they usually say you'll only coach one athlete to the highest level mm-hmm. uh, at at the top echelon. Yeah, yeah um, that's probably fair. If actually. you if you have others, you've just rebuilt ones that that sort of got to a point and mm-hmm. weren't quite able to to kick over, and just the rebuild has been enough to. So maybe you might get someone that you just do enough work with because they already kind of had the foundations there. You've just kind of put them back together just well enough to get one more good comp out of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like, yeah, for myself, you know, I you know, I'm, feel like I'm always learning and I'm always yeah. uh, getting getting something out of a comp mm-hmm. uh, from the athletes. Mm. You know, I wouldn't say I profess to know it all. I haven't had an athlete go to the Olympics. I worked with a guy that was um, in contention for uh, an Olympic Games one year. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, from the the parafold, so from the, yeah. the athletes with disabilities, um, and I learn a lot in that in that process. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think um, I think you know sometimes you got to look at your coach as well and sort of go, well, is your coach um, trying to achieve something with me as their focus, or are they mm. trying to achieve something? Because the coach has an end goal they're trying to achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, is, are you working with the Is athlete? it about the coach or is it about the athlete? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, my network, you know, I have, you know, a very a very understanding and supportive wife. Uh, I don't see her much during summer. Yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of time at an athletics track. But she, look, she, you know, to be, she was an elite athlete, so she understands the demands of this that you um, have to she does but, at, but and, and at the same time she understands the demands mm. um 
Sunday she questions, well, you don't have to be at that comp. Hmm. And I go, oh, no, I don't have to, but I... And this is all voluntary, isn't it? This isn't... You're not getting paid. Mate, I get cashed up pretty well. I'm on about a six-figure contract at the moment. With That's that. nice. I am, <laughs> I am 100% as, voluntary. As many pies and as cans of cake as you can eat. No, make. no, I've got to pay for those too now. <laughs> um, yeah, so if there's any sponsors out there, uh, no, I am 100% voluntary, mate. mate um, if, if they're sponsoring you, they're sponsoring me first. <laughs> this, yeah, they're cool. This we'll episode sh- proudly sh- brought to you by 4 and 20. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we are... Yeah, I am 100%... One hundred percent volunteer. Um, I, I so this start, is like another full time job on top of your full time job. Yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I got involved because I was I was welcome, you know, to, welcome to podcasting, by the way. Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, same thing. Uh, yeah. So I, I got involved because I wanted to give back to my club. Yeah. Um, they had helped me out when I was coming through the ranks as a junior, and I thought oh, I'll do this for one or two years, and then I'll I'll chill off and I'll be. I'll be 20, maybe 21, um, you know, I'm not going to be competing anymore because, yeah. well, I'm not that good and I need a job to, to do, you know, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still there now, still involved with the same club. Um, well, give the, give the club a plug. What's a, what's a club? Uh, okay, yeah, so I, I've been a member of the Campbelltown Collegians okay. Athletic Club, Club, so I've been there. That's a big club. They're, they're well-known. They're well-established. Yeah, the well-established in the MacArthur era. Yeah. Um, you know, they've had quite a few uh, representatives go through at either a World Junior or Com Game, yeah. Paralympic, Olympic level. We've, they've had a couple yeah. of athletes roll through. Um, and some people start with us or come through us in in those aspects in in what I mean by that is they started with another club they've come over to Campbelltown because uh, it's logistically a bit easier or yeah. or, uh, or you know the facilities were there at the time um, or they've, they've did you you use the facilities over West Leagues here over at the yeah mate yeah yeah, yeah, yeah cool yeah, okay yeah, so that's that's yeah, the yeah. base yeah so yeah so I used to used to train uh, back when Western Suburbs Magpies existed. Right. You've got to get on Google and find out that stuff. That Jeez. was years ago. Um, you are old. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> well, actually, um, it's not that, it's not that long, not long ago. That's the scary part. Um, yeah, so I used to train there, so that used to be around a park back in the day. Oh, yeah. So I've seen the the, the change in, in the local area uh, to go from being what it was to what it is now. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's positive. I've I've been I've been moulded by quite a few coaches along my journey, and I take the good and the bad from all the coaches I've had. Yeah. To try and then mould myself to be, you know, ten percent of the coaches that I had, and that's using all of them yeah. put together because I think you only learn from experience. I, I like the idea. Going back to what you sort of said before, I, I like the idea as a coach that the emphasis isn't on that you know you've got to run the the 1500 in under a certain amount of time you've got to throw it a certain distance you've got to jump a certain distance i like the idea that the emphasis is on perform you know work the process enjoy the process do the work prepare and then on the day put it together and just go out and do don't don't worry about like if and, and if you get if you win you win and it, and I always think of a quote that I heard. It was H.G. and Roy, and there was a little bit of element of joke in it. But I wrote, actually wrote it down because it really resonated with me at the time. And it was like, do you win because you enjoy it or do you enjoy it because you win? 
Well, that's a chicken and the egg, isn't it? Well, and it's if you really pull it apart, like it's like, well, yeah, if you really, if you're not loving something, you might not perform as well as you should. You might not actually be motivated to do fantastic things. So you might not win. But when you do win, it's pretty bloody good. Yeah. And that might actually spur you on to, well, shit, I, I want that one. I never thought yeah, I could well, do that. I might do that again. It's funny. I, I might yeah. run a bit harder or lift a bit more or do something, you know. It's funny. I had um, a series of athletes compete over the weekend and uh, a couple of them jumped some really good PBs. Yeah. Young fella threw a PB and he shot. Um, anyway, some of them didn't make the top eight. You know, and as much as you can go, oh, but I just missed out by a couple of centimetres to get, you know, an extra an extra series of jumps. And I go, but... You couldn't have done any better. Like, if, if that's your PB, PB. Yeah. and you broke your PB today, and you you ran ninth, yeah. don't look at ninth. Look at the fact you've just done a PB. Yeah, and you know what? High fives all around. Yeah. Um, Comes back to the definition of success stuff we talked about in the in the Travis podcast as well, which is, um, you know, what's what's the definition of success in that? Is it that I made the top eight and got to get into the next round and throw, or is it, I've got the PB. Mate, keep doing PBs, the, the, the top eight will come. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, then again, you know, you ask what's the definition of success, what the coach's definition of success is, yeah. and the athlete's definition of success is, will always differ. Because okay. the athlete wants to be in the top eight. Yeah. The athlete wants to stand on the podium. Yep. The athlete wants to say, I came first today, I've yeah. got the gold medal, here it is, and that's yeah, that's yeah. proof of hard work. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the flip side is the coach goes, but you've just jumped a, in the last five, six weeks, you've just improved 40 centimetres in your long jump, mate. Yeah. Like, hands up, high five, well done, I am so proud. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, and there's, I was, there's, your, there, there's the two two ends, and you know. Yeah, I was just I was thinking about it. Actually, I was thinking about it on the drive over as well. Um, I can only relate it to playing rugby, and I certainly never played that at a high level. I was always very competitive, but never. And the club I played for for the first two years I played there sucked. Like we got smashed every weekend. We never went out into the field to lose. Sometimes we knew we were going to lose, and it was just simply. Let's not lose too badly. And and for me, I always used to come off the field. If we, I mean, winning's winning. You can win ugly. You can play poorly and win and still win, and it feels pretty good. If I lost but I knew that I'd, my team had put everything into it, I'm okay with that loss. Yeah. But if I lose and I know that we haven't, I'm dirty. Like I am, don't talk to me, don't come near me, give me a half an hour, I need to calm down. This sucks. And then I become a normal human. Put, I put it in perspective. I become yeah. a normal human again. Well, I, I ask my guys that when they walk off the track, in whatever discipline we're doing, yeah, walk off and if you can tell yourself, if I ask you, was that your best today? Yeah, and you can walk off and go, I tried everything today, and it just didn't happen. If I can see effort and it's not, not happening. Who am I to if you, if you say yeah that's the best I could do? Yeah. Who am I to say that that wasn't good? Yeah, like you know it's it's your your analogy on the footy field. Yeah, if I know the foot if I know my 
my 15 fellas and however many on the bench have all put in the effort today yeah. and we got cleaned up by 60. Uh, was it a loss? Uh, yes. Did we get smashed? Yeah. Nah, because we, we dug deep and that score could have been a lot worse. You know the thing I always say to people, and I, I, I started to write this down once, I was going to do a thing called, you know, the things I learnt packing in the front row of a rugby scrum, right? And, um, you know, you learn a few things in there, but I always say to people, I never lost. I got beaten a few times, but I never lost. And for me, the difference was you will have, you always meet someone who's better than you. Yeah. It's, that's, that's an inevitability of life. There's always going to be a guy that's a little bit faster, a little bit stronger, a little bit, you know, whatever. But... I, I never, ever stopped trying because I got, you know... So I every scrum I went into, I was competing. Yeah. If the guy got on top of me, I went into the next scrum, scrum with the, the, the sole intent of winning it back, of getting back on top of him. Um, so I got smashed quite a few times, but I never, ever really felt like... like there was never... A, I can honestly say to you, in my entire rugby career... There was never a scrum where I went, yeah, I was the reason then. It was always, he was a bit better than me. Yeah. I, but I always went in hard. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I look at a couple of, a couple of my guys and they've gone, they've improved, you know, my young guys that are, you know, 10 or nines at the moment. You know, they're, I've got one athlete that's improved by 35, 40 centimetres. I've got one that's improved by about 50 centimetres. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, you know, I've got some that have improved, you know, varying distances yeah. about that. I I look at holistically yeah. at the end of the season and go, well, we started here, we are now here. Um, that's huge. Like, that's great. Yep. Here's um, our goal. And, and you talked before about resetting goals for next year. I think, for me, the best I've ever seen at that is a couple of guys, right? Um, Usain Bolt, I think he's incredible at that. Because you don't win nine Olympic gold medals without being like most people would win the first lot and go that was pretty good. Second lot, yeah, I think I'm done now. To back up for a third, yeah, that's incredible. And then I think of guys like you know Smith and Thurston, guys that have competed at the highest level in rugby league yep. for a really long time. What does that next set of goals look like? You know, what what's the conversation with those kids look oh. like at the end of the year? Yeah, so some for some guys it might be. Uh, you know, for a young fella that's gone from about 3.30, jumped 3.70 on the weekend, just missed out on the final. For me, that is, well, man, our goal next year is to try and make the eight. We know who we're up against. Yeah. Probably going to be the same kids or similar and, kids. And I'd imagine the numbers are always fairly similar. Like, they wouldn't, I can't imagine there'd be great variations in some of the numbers. Do you know um, what I mean? Like you're always going to have to jump a certain distance. It's going to it might be twenty, thirty centimeters difference, but it's not going to be a meter. Oh in a no, long jump. no, no! But I mean, if you look at the, you know, like the carnival that's happened over the last two weekends because of rain, normally it's over one weekend. Yeah. Um, you look at those, you look at those kids, you look at the performances, and you go, well, if I finish ninth yeah. and I am five centimeters or one centimeter off yeah. top eight, which is you know, not a lot in the big scheme of things. Yeah. Then, if For, I if I improve, you know, similar improvement 
to what I've improved this year. So if I get, you know, my 15 to 20 centimetre improvement again next year, I'm top, then three, I'm top three. They've got to they've got to do the same as mm. well. There's mm. no guarantee that kids all improve at the same rate. Mm. There's this you know there's this thing called a brain and 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 how they develop. Kids yeah. all develop differently. And at 12, 11, 12, 13, puberty kicks in and yeah, that kicks yeah. in a different way. And ways, so you know so. yeah. You're working with or against puberty in that aspect. Mm. Working with, they're faster, they're bigger, they're stronger, uh, they're more confident or yeah. try to be more confident. Um, so you're working with all that. Mm. Working against is they're competing against the kids that are in puberty and they haven't hit puberty yet. And, <laughs> and you're trying to tell them, look, uh, I'm led to believe that in the next two to three years it might happen. <laughs> You'll be with them soon. By the time you get there... They're just a car that's had a nitro system. Yeah, yeah. On it at the, moment. the nitro runs out, but you've been working hard for that whole time. Now you're going to be in puberty. You'll actually leapfrog them yeah. if you keep the hard work up. Yeah. And that, you know, this, is, that, this is where that, that whole, am I good enough? Should I, should I be doing it? Uh, you know, am I really cut out for this sport, this event, yeah. this whatever? They're... they're Usually, where some of those mind games and some of those mental health battles start to come into play. So, mentally, what's the difference between the good and the great athlete? Application. Okay. Just, um, just willing. A good athlete. Willingness to do the work. Uh, doing the one percent is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. It's not just uh, you know. It's not just running down the runway. It's not just turning in a circle. Yeah. It's. Staying in a position, it's executing an angle at the right time when it's required. Yeah, which makes the big difference on the end products. Yeah, um, George St. Pierre, the MMA fighter, was really famous for you know if if his if his nutritionist said eat a you know two hundred grams of carrots at two twenty two p.m. he ate two hundred grams of carrots at two hundred two twenty two p.m. If the physio tells you to do that. Do yeah. this exercise five uh, th- twice a day yeah. for the next two weeks before you visit me. Please do. Yeah, yeah. I but trust, he, he was just I trust the physio. Precise, yeah, I'm not the I, I'm not a physio. Yeah, if the physio tells you to do something, do what the physio says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I try. I put my 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 faith in the fact that the physio knows what they're saying. Yeah, you know. Um, I hope that the kids that I work with, the adults that I work with, yeah. the parents that I work with, yeah. they have the confidence to be able to come and tell me, hey, I'm struggling. What do you mean by that? Ask a question. Yeah. I believe the only silly question is a question that's not asked. Yeah. There's no silly questions in life. You don't know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, I ask lots of silly questions most days. <laughs> um, sometimes... Just for kicks and giggles. <laughs> but, you know, for the most part, it's about, you know, if you don't know, ask. If you've forgotten, ask. Like, yeah. you know, I, I don't believe in uh, being able to sit there and and assume to know. Because if, you you, if you assume you know and then you do it wrong, that's where things go wrong too. What do you say to the kid who, look, he or she, they're good, they're not great, they're really at the edge of their capacity, they're, you know, look, you know, they're not going to make it. You know, they're, they're now, are we saying to them, just keep competing for the sake of competing? Are we realistic with them to say, look, you're probably never going to stand on a gold medal podium at the Olympic Games, 
but here's a pathway for you that you can still compete and have fun. Yeah, for most, for most of the kids, and probably all the kids, there's no guarantee you're going to make it to the top. Yeah, there's no guarantee. Like there's, you know, you look at uh, say in in my sport of track and field, we have uh, world juniors, which is the best under twenties. Yeah, that happens every couple of years. Uh, from that, uh, there's Com Games, which is a different set of standards for. Um, to, to the Olympic and world champs, yeah. um, there's no guarantee you, you're going to ever make any of those. So I, I, I believe in, you know, sitting down and making um, realistic goals with with your athlete. If your athlete says, "I want to," you know, if they're a long jumper, I want to jump, I want to jump eight meters, but they're only jumping three. Let's go. Well, what what do we need to jump first? How about we aim to jump? 320. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just, you, you, you're not, you, you're not going to say, yeah, eight metres is a bit far-fetched, buddy. <laughs> you might have to, but don't just leave it at that. That's a current world record. It's about nine, isn't it? Oh, isn't it look, I'm not going to lie. I don't know that information. <laughs> it's 895. Um, um, but, uh, I, you know, but to me, the, so the things that you say that resonate in terms of the mental health discussion, you know, setting goals, you know, Facing adversity, understanding your limits, and in this conversation, that idea of you're not going to go from three to three to eight. You're not going to do it in a season. No. You're probably not going to do it in two seasons. But you'll go from three to three ten, and three ten to three twenty five, and three twenty five to three forty, and three forty to three eighty, and so forth and so forth. Yep. And to me, that's that's recovery from mental health. You know, if you've had a serious mental health condition. The, the world falls apart. It's not going to get back to any kind of semblance of normal, in air quotes, immediately. It is about, like it's the weight loss thing and every, you know, this is recorded today and in a few weeks' time we'll post this, but, um, you know, I've dropped six kilos. That didn't happen in a day and I've got to drop another 45 kilos and that's not going to happen in the next month. That's 12 months of work. So for me, the the recovery process in mental health is you're not going to recover straight away. You're not going to get back to normal straight away. It is about making small changes, incremental changes, changing your routine, changing what you do, changing what. And this is the thing I I don't not people don't understand. People look at sport and athletes and say, oh, they just they just run fast and tackle hard and whatever they do. To me, there's a deeper psychological side to this that has just applications to life left, right, and centre. Because in a year's time, you'll be jumping five metres. Yeah. And and you'll go, shit, how did I get from three to five? That's amazing. Yeah. You did it because you worked your ass off. Yeah. And, you know, um, my wife has had an analogy when we first started seeing each other. Many, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. And it was inch by inch is cinch, yard by yard is hard. Don't say you want to go from three metres to eight metres mm. without any stepping stones along the way. Set little progress points along the way. You may jump on progress point and go from 320 to 350, and that is possible. Mm. Um, you know, that, that, that there is, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing some big jumps along the way, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, you, you're setting your sight to the point where let's try and work to it. Mm. And then uh, I have, I've worked with an athlete where you know, their PB stagnated for two and a half to three years. And it's just, mm. 
still working on the basic fundamentals, still work on, you know, just trying to get the little things right again. Mm. Um, enjoy what you're doing. I think mm. when you enjoy what you do, uh, things feel easier. Might not be easier. You still mm-hmm. got to put in the work, but yeah, yeah. Um, it, it feels a bit easier. Um, and yeah, it's you know, they, it's those little progress steps that when you start to see little gains, confidence increases. Mm-hmm. So then you go out with a bit more vengeance. You want to put a bit more on the line. You run a little harder, mm. jump a little further, and put a bit, a little bit more punch in the jump. And then slowly things start to kick over. Mm. I'll tell them. Uh, some of my younger or newer athletes, because um, I I have one athlete um, who has spent the last really probably the last eight years uh, just working. Mm. That, that's all they do. They get up, they work, they go home, they sleep, they get up, they work, and it's just a vicious cycle. Mm. And so I give the same message to the masters athlete as i do the little kid athlete Mm. and when they're struggling to get what we need to do on the runway i just break it down into simple easy bite-sized chunks Mm. i need you adam to run fast i need you adam to jump far don't don't worry about it don't worry about new drives don't worry about perfect angles don't worry about how to execute something off a board don't worry about all the technical jargon that i've been trying to get you to listen to and do because you were showing me that you understood it yeah use the basic uh kiss principle which is keep it simple stupid go back let's let's we'll laugh about it later let's just go and do it let's just try and get it and i ask them on the runway before they go Okay, Adam, what do you have to do for me? And you're going to repeat what I just told you. Run fast and jump far. Yeah, and it's dumb, <laughs> as silly as that sounds, you laugh about it because you go, that is just so simple. Uh, then you execute a jump. And because it's what we've been trying to achieve, yeah. sometimes I have you know predetermined lines in the sand because I'm trying to get you to work on not looking just in front of your toes but worry about something out ahead. You land over a line in the sand I have. And I go, great. Cool, Adam, let's go measure it, mate. And I measure it, and it's, you know, 410, and you've been telling me that you've been stuck at 410 for ages. I said, yeah, but, mate, you've just jumped it four times in a row. Yeah. You haven't realized you've jumped it four times in a row. You've been landing here four times in a row. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, okay. So let's go out there, and let's go do. give me another one. Confidence is up, off the go, bang, 430. I look like a miracle worker and the Dalai Lama. Uh, But, look, let's be fair. Um, I think I am too. <laughs> so the the final question is always, and I like that analogy. I was always going to leave it on that. But the final question is, you know, for the young for the young athlete, and we've this has gone into the idea that sport is a metaphor for life. To look after your mental health for the young athlete, when you're talking to that person, what's what's the go to? What's the one piece of advice you give them? Have fun. Yeah. Have fun, like. I know why I got involved with athletics. Mum and dad made me. Um, I'm still involved because I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy it uh, with, for the parents I get to meet. Yeah. Uh, they become my my extended family, my yeah. friends. Uh, the kids become uh, almost like a part of the family when I see those kids improve, yeah. when I see them struggle. I, I wear it on my sleeve. Like, yeah. 
yeah, it, to me sometimes, and my wife will probably agree that I'm I become heavily invested, yep. uh, mentally, uh, emotionally with with the kids. Yep. Um, for no other reason than I want to see them improve, and yeah. that's it. There's, yeah. there's nothing else behind it. Um, yeah, and you know, I received um, a message from one of the parents last night um, after the championships, and they said, "Oh, look, I just wanted to say uh, thanks for being there this weekend um, and last weekend as well. The kids really appreciated it, yeah. and um, you know, you know, the hard work you put in doesn't doesn't go unnoticed." Um, and I was like, "Oh, that's." That's really nice. Um, I think I sent you a message when I came up with this silly idea about having a chat about uh, coaching and and mental health. Um, I had a kid and he gave me a Christmas card, uh, which is pretty cool because I like those little things, especially when the kids have put pen to paper or crayon to paper (laughs) if they don't have a pen license. (laughs) Um, And they scratched on the page and they effectively, I'm paraphrasing because they don't have it on me at the moment, but they pretty much said, look, thanks for, thanks for helping me uh, this year. Uh, I really appreciate it. Um, Thanks for helping me find me again. Um, And I think there was some other words around that, but effectively he's becoming confident in himself again. Yeah. and he was starting to notice that he was starting to to find his enjoyment again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's that's really nice, man. Like, like thanks. And I had to ask, like, who who wrote in the card, man? And he said, no, I wrote it. I wrote it. Um, Dad said I had to write my brother's name, though. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, cool, dude. I appreciate that. Thanks. But, yeah, um, yeah, look, have fun. Like, you know... Uh, you're walking at the moment, Adam. Yep. Uh, I've been um, researching you on your Instagram account um, <laughs> because stalking sounds a little bit creepy. Um, and I can tell now that when you do your walks, that your walk now is not only uh, because uh, you... I, I've gotten to enjoy you, it. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually really like there. it. It's not, a, not a chore now. Sense of achievement. It's nice. It's peaceful. I feel like I've done something during the day. Like I feel like, to me as well, getting it done in the morning, it's done, and I've done something for the day, and I, I don't have to if do it. If you get home after a, you know a tough day in the office, man, mate, I find a really easy reason to not go. Yeah, and, but if you do one in the morning and have a crack a day, you know, if you go look, I'm just going to pop my shoes on and go for. 15 minutes, 10 minutes, you're coming back from that just going, this feels so good. Yeah, I feel that, better. That I've, I've got to, I can go for another, another another quick spin. It might not be the same time frame, but it might just be, mm. I'm just going to pop down to the oval and back and I know that that's a 10-minute loop for me. Or, uh, oh, look, I'm, I'm heading over to, to, you know, old mate's place and before we go have a drink, I'm just going to pop over, you know, well, 20 t- minutes early. Tonight I, I walked down, bought dinner and walked home. It's yeah. 20 20-minute walk both ways. Cool, but I just that that was I was like, yep, that's my walk. Cool, and what I've got food. Dinner, though? Did you eat that as well? On the way, actually, it was chicken and salad. Oh, solid! You did See? tell me that. I you told did you. tell me that. Chicken man. and salad. You did tell me that. Uh-huh. So yeah, no, it's um, yeah, keep yeah, you got to have fun. Keep it simple. It's yeah. When I find when the guys, and even when I overcomplicate things, that's when things get hard. Sir. So, Thank you very much for that. That was very enlightening. No worries. (laughs)
Hello, folks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, before I go, could I please ask uh, just a couple of small favors? Number one, uh, we would very much, as we said at the start, love for you to review this podcast. And of course, please share this podcast. Um, the reviews help us to uh, help other people to see what this podcast is about. And of course, the sharing helps us to get our message out there. We don't have any money, so we're really relying on uh, social media to be able to spread this message. Uh, equally, if you listen to this podcast, now we do a warning at the start, but if you listen to this podcast and anything uh, triggered for you or it made you think about your own mental health or well-being or someone who you loves mental health or well-being, please uh, take steps to help to either manage that yourself or to support someone to manage their mental health. Uh, if you do feel like you are need to talk to somebody, uh, and you can't talk to friends or family, please go and see your GP. Or, of course, you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978. Lifeline on 13 11 14. Or, of course, the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800. If you or someone that you love is in immediate danger, please call triple O. Uh, but at the very least, please um, find a way to manage your mental health and your mental health conditions, and please support the people that you love to manage their mental health and mental health conditions. And again, if something you've heard today triggers for you, please go and seek um, some support uh, immediately to manage your mental health condition, whether that's one of the helplines we just mentioned or the GP. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.